This is Dangerous Doug Gilbert here. I mean what I say, and I say what I mean. And you're listening to Live with Wolfie D. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13, to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits, and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome one more time to the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. And today, we've got a special guest, Cyberpunk Fire. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad to be here on Wolfie's show. I was never unmasked, and nobody has ever proven, although they think I was Wolfie D, nobody's ever proven it, Jimmy. I love it. That's the way it goes, right? You know, you've got to keep the illusion that you are somebody else. You know, some people believe you're Wolfie D, but, you know, who knows, man? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyway, welcome to the show, Wolfie D, as usual. Wolfie, I think, you know, we're going to talk this whole show about the cyberpunk. One of my favorite gimmicks that you worked, I think a lot of people who are familiar with Memphis, you know, wrestling, remember the cyberpunks. It is honestly one of our most requested shows. People love talking cyberpunks, but we would be, we would be really lost without starting this episode with your recent events. So, you know, before we start today's show, I think we've got to talk about this New York City trip and and all that's involved. So I'm going to let you talk now. You go ahead. It was, uh, what a great experience for me. Um, obviously I've been there a number of times, uh, but when you, when you wrestle, you go, I've, I've been all over the country and, and Mexico and Puerto Rico, but you never really get to experience that because you fly in, you get there early in the day, you got to be at the building. And then once the show's over, you, you'd probably go out or something like that and then leave. Um, so I've been to New York a number of times. My girlfriend went with me. Um, but we, Eric Sims, uh, the guy that brought me in, took us around. We went to the Statue of Liberty. We went to Times Square. We did all that stuff. Uh, and it was very cool to be able to do that for the first day. But then it was work, work, work. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I had two gigs each day, conventions, virtual signings, uh, interviews, uh, things like that. Yeah. And unfortunately, um, Bill, it was supposed to be me, Jamie, and Bill uh, were supposed to be the three-man crew. And uh, Bill, like I've said on a number of things, gets a pass. He's got dementia. He has uh, people that uh, are taking his bookings and traveling with him. And one of the guys had to go to the hospital uh, with uh, apparent heart problems. So Bill couldn't get on a plane by himself and get himself there. So pass there. Jamie, however... Uh, screwed everybody on purpose and uh, on a lot of different uh, interviews. I have buried Jamie and I've texted Jamie and Jamie won't answer me back. Although his wife did answer something, uh, you know, trying to justify Jamie's actions, but there is no justification for what he did. Uh, He deliberately took the booking months in advance and then decided he wasn't coming. I don't know when he decided that in his brain, actually, but he didn't do it. And uh, it costs people money. He does not really understand 
what it costs. It, you know, there were people coming up, hey, where's J.C. Ice? Where's Bill Dundee? Do you still want a picture of Wolfie? No, we want all of them. Although, right. you know, myself, I still signed a lot of stuff, took a lot of pictures, blah, blah, blah. But we did lose money because a number of people wanted the team. Unfortunately, when you're a tag team, they want the two, not the one. They want the uh, double autograph on their uh, WWE encyclopedia that has a picture of both of us, you know, and they got to pay right. 20 bucks to get signed. And so they, a number of people paid 20 bucks just to get me to sign it. But if, if he would have been there, they would have had both. And, right. you know, he screwed a lot. And, and Jamie's just selfish, man. He's unprofessionally selfish, and he does not understand that. I really don't think in his brain he understands what he really did. So there's that, man. But I had a great weekend. So that's a, the, and, and, man, what event, man. I'm telling you, people were we, – we opened it, I think, I don't know, 10 or 11. And at, like, one or two, people were still lined up outside the building to get yeah. in. I mean, it was yeah. it was crazy. Everybody, I mean, I saw people uh, that I haven't seen in years as far as wrestlers, and then just the fans were bringing me stuff that, that hell, I was like, where'd you get this? I ain't even seen this. I didn't know I was on this. I mean, Japanese magazines, uh, just all kinds of stuff. It was, it was really cool. Unfortunately, Jamie uh, doesn't see things like I do as business opportunities. You know, I, I got like a thousand questions just from that. The one thing that we, to trip, first of all, I want to give Michelle props, the amazing pictures. I felt like I was there with y'all, and I feel like a lot of the fans of the Live and in Color podcast also made that trip with you guys because I was reposting yeah. all of her pictures. Thank you, Michelle, for taking all those amazing pictures. You know, you guys in the middle of Times Square with the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast t-shirt on. Dude, that was tripping yeah. my mind out. You know, so the beauty of that is your New York City trip has totally blown up the podcast. We've, in fact, doubled listenership in a small amount of time. Yeah. So super blessing there. You know, the downside is, yes, the, the fans did not get that from Jamie, and that sucks, and I hate that for the fans. But the upside is, is it shows Wolfie as a one-man show now. And I feel like that's going to only open doors for you because you carried the ball. You were Derrick Henry. <laughs> you took that ball, and you ran it to the end zone, and I think you just got to look at it that way, man. You know, the thing yeah. is, is we're always going to have a door open for Jamie to come on the show, and I'll state that. He's always welcome on the show if he wants to come oh, on the I show. I sent him yeah. a message and said, hey, if you want to come on and tell your side of the story, because he posted something about there's three sides of stories. I'm not sure what that means because it's usually two. I don't know where right. the three comes in. But I sure. said, hey, man, you want to come on here and talk about it? I'd be glad right. to have you on and tell the side of it. I don't know where the third side comes in. That's weird. The PG-13 side. <laughs> Maybe that's what he meant. Who knows? Anyway, yeah. so these... Maybe there's 13 times. So the beauty of it is you had a great time in New York, met a lot of cool people, honestly opened the door for future episodes of the podcast. We've got so many things booming. Honestly, can't wait to see it all. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. 
Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, folks, to get your official Live It In Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. So, ladies and gents, let's go ahead and start today's show, and that, again, is the Cyberpunks. So, to start out the Cyberpunks, you guys had just ended a long-time feud with Jesse James Armstrong, which is Road Dog, to those that don't know, and Tracy Smothers. I, uh, me and Jamie went to Mexico. I'm going to rewind even further. So, when I was about 17, um, Chris Champion took me under his wing and, you know, helped me a lot. And and me and him had all these, you know, he was the new breed. I don't know if you remember the new breed. Oh, I love the but new man, breed. man, they were the futuristic guys on WCW. They were from the future. And Chris just had all these crazy ideas. And uh, me and Chris fed off of each other. That's why we clicked. So we came up with this idea of the cyberpunks. And I don't remember if it was me or him that named it that, but, uh, because you know, he did the, you know, the Ninja turtle on, uh, Memphis. He, he created that outfit. He used foam to do it, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and on a lot of shows, he didn't want to work twice. And he put me in it when I was like 17, I'd be the Ninja turtle. Wow. He trusted enough to be able to go out there and do that. So anyway, uh, we came up with the cyberpunks thing and it was based upon, uh, DC comics cyborg that has the, the he's the black guy that has the half face yeah, and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. So that, yeah. that was the original thinking. I did some drawings as most people know, I can draw. I did some original drawings and we were going to, uh, use the foam type stuff that Chris used with the, uh, Ninja Turtle gimmick. But it just never really solidified. I, I did some drawings, and uh, is it, we also, man, me and Chris came up with a thing called the crash test dummies because that was back then. If you remember those uh, commercials where they had the crash yeah. dummies thrown the walls, we were going to do that too, and uh, just take bumps for everybody, just take crazy bumps for everybody, and be the crash test dummies. But that, that was me awesome. and Chris's. Yeah, yeah, I mean, me and Chris had good ideas. And uh, later in life, we did uh, some WCW um, stuff that was spot shows, not on TV, but we did Slash was with Chris Champion. He blew fire. I just did my shit. But anyway, I loved Chris, man. He was awesome. So anyway, uh, we go to uh, Mexico, me and Jamie, go to Mexico, and there was this guy and down there they called him transformer uh in japan they 
called him Chombo, but it started with a, it was like J-U-M-B-O. I don't know. It was a different name. But in Mexico, he was Transformer. And this motherfucker had the coolest outfits I had ever seen. I was always a mark for masks and the Mexican look and all this. This this dude had, like, he'd come out with a outfit that had, like, shoulder pads that had, like, rockets on it, like a, 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 a mech, I guess you would say nowadays, on the video game and shit like that. Yeah. That shit was awesome. So anyway, I was total marking out for this guy. So we had a lot of downtime in Mexico, and, uh, you know, I'm good at art and stuff like that. So I drew these two outfits, Fire and Ice, the cyberpunks. Uh, mine was the uh, yellow and red, and I made uh, I designed the mask, I designed the outfits, and then I made Jamie's uh, Ice. And I also bleached my hair because the mask was not a covered head and had your hair sticking out. So I bleached my hair, uh, you know, yellow. Jamie's was black with uh, uh, blue and and white to do the ice thing. So it was the Cyberpunk's Fire and Ice. And I, I drew this picture and I gave it to uh, Transformer. And I said, you know, amigo, can you make these? He did not measure us at all. He just looked at us and he said, yes. Wow. A couple of weeks later, he brought us the outfits, and you know, me and Jamie are different sizes, and they fit like a glove on both of us. He didn't even measure; he just looked at us and said, "Okay." And he brought them oh. to us. And so when we came back to uh, USWA, I told uh, Randy Hales, "I said, okay, this just kind of run its course because we were still doing the Tommy and Doug thing, and I can't remember. I think it was Tommy and Doug that beat us in a loser leave town, which yeah. inspired that." And I said, let us come back in these outfits. This is, you know, the old deal, the baby face lose. They come back in a hood and, you know, everybody knows who it is, but you got to prove it. And so right, uh, exactly. that's, that's where the cyberpunks came in. And I just had this idea of, uh, I mean, you could look at some of it on YouTube and stuff. And, I, and here's the thing, man. I didn't want to wrestle like PG-13. I always hated that when a person would do that type of deal and then still wrestle as themselves. Yeah. I tried to walk differently. I told Jamie, too. Walk differently, do different moves. And yeah. so we did. And we did different things, not you know, PG-13 stuff, we did cyberpunk stuff. And yeah. at the time, the Power Rangers were hot. So the outfits looked a lot like that. So right. we did, oh my God, we did so much in gimmick money. We would take pictures inside the ring with the kids and it, it got over. So yeah, I love that. Because so like basically March 4th, 1996, PG-13 loses a loser leaves town to the old rivals, Doug and Tommy. Somebody yeah. say something about some cyberpunk fire. <laughs> yeah. um, and then cyberpunk, uh, so we'd come out, you know, we know the idea. Basically, you brought it with, you know, Chris Champion, and you kind of had, you brought it up with the idea of your, your drawings. Then then Transformer Combo, he turns it into reality. Did you like working under the hood? I know you said you bleached your hair, but how did you feel? You know, you had been a guy that had not worked under a hood as much other than your, you know, Calabunga character or, or other things. But how did you like working under a hood? Well, 
you get blowed up a lot quicker. But I also, when I first started wrestling uh, at 16, I was called Airwolf, and I had right. a hood because right. uh, they told me, you know, you got to be 18, but the real thing was on that. But anyway, let's cover your face. But uh, this one, the way I designed it, just had a little mesh in front of the mouth. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's hard to breathe, but uh, it was okay. I liked it, uh, and I love that gimmick. I love it. You know me, and the people know me. I love gimmicks, and I always come up with gimmicks, so I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, and it was, you know, it is such a cool gimmick. I also, you know, of course, Jamie, J.C. Ice, he had to be cyberpunk ice. And you probably like the idea of being the fire gimmick because you came up with the idea for the gimmick. So really putting ice on him was perfect, if you think about it. But I also, I know you said Power Rangers, and we've talked about this before, but I also got a heavy Mortal Kombat vibe. And I know Mortal Kombat was hot. Did anyone else say, like, hey, you know, Mortal Kombat, dude, that's cool, you know? Honestly, I don't remember anybody relating it to that. It was more Power Rangers for whatever reason, man. No, that's cool. Well, so March 25th, 96, the Cyberpunks win the titles back from Doug and Tommy. So basically, PG-13 loses them, leaves town, and then... 21 days later, you guys win the titles as the Cyberpunk. And so you go on to wrestle nine matches against teams. I'm going to cover some of these matches here. So the first teams you started wrestling was the Headbangers, Mosh, and Thrasher. Why don't you talk about you guys a little bit? I mean, they were good, man. You know, friends of mine, the headbangers are awesome, man, and, and easy to work with. And obviously, when you got a team like us and a team like them, there's uh, that's going to be good matches. You know what I mean? I mean, there's oh, no, totally. yeah. So yeah, I love working those guys, and I miss them. And I, I've talked to Glenn, and uh, we're going to get him on this show. We're going to talk to him. You ask him those questions too. Absolutely, we will. Now, the cool thing is, if you think about it, PG thirteen. Not in this section here exactly, but PG-13, these young punk thug boys from the hood. Then you have the Mosh and Thrasher headbangers, who are guys that are in, let's just say there's a Rage Against the Machine concert. Both of you all would be there. But in in reality, they would be in a Marilyn Manson concert, and you guys would be in a Wu-Tang concert, you know? (laughs) But, But if you think about it, you guys are so similar in a way you know, it kind of makes me think about all these things that could have been, especially had they really put something behind you in the WWE. But anyway, oh, yeah. you know, we you've wrestled Doug and Tommy. You you do the you do the headbangers, then you do more Doug and Tommy. With that being said, as you wrestled differently with Doug and Tommy, how did they react to you? Now I know those guys are great, but did they just? Did you let them know, hey, guys, we're going to do this all totally different, or y'all just calling that in the ring? Hey, look, we're doing this different. Since you've wrestled Doug and Tommy a hundred times, how did you yeah, wrestle them I mean, specifically? I, think I just told them, I said, I'm not going to wrestle like Wolfie. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I stole some things from uh, Brickhouse Brown. I used to, I love that dude, man. Um, yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, like when he would duck a clothesline, he wouldn't duck a clothesline. He would roll and then hit the ropes. I was doing things like that. And then also uh, something I stole from Chris was like, uh, and you said it, a Mortal Kombat thing where I would like jab him with uh, uh, 
open fist in the stomach and then boom, hit him in the face, stuff like that. So I, I tried to be different. I tried to walk around the ring different. Obviously, if you look at the pictures, we painted over our tattoos. I mean, we yeah. did everything we could to make it uh, different. And right. and I think we, we did good because, like you said, people uh, remember that. They asked me about it and stuff like that. So I, I think we did good at it. I don't know. You guys did awesome at it. Like, not good. And I realized you're a humble dude, and you always have been about this stuff. But at the same time, you guys did awesome in this gimmick. Now, at this time, you guys are probably top of the charts picture sales and and, and autograph sales oh. and all that. So did you just replace everything PG-13 with Cyberpunk at that time? How did that work? Yeah, we just did. We get in the middle. We, at intermission, you know, they would announce, Cyberpunks are going to be in the ring, and back in the day it was Polaroids uh, where you oh yes, you know, would spit it out and real quick, and we could sign it. And man, we did hundreds of dollars every night. They'd be lined up. The kids would want to come in there and stand with us. And like I said, the the Power Rangers were hot. And I really feel like that helped us out um, because of, oh. of the similarity to the gimmick. Yeah, I mean, did it ever make you think about going in a more PG kind of way? Like, did the PG-13, maybe, did it make you think maybe we ought to do cyberpunks longer? I mean... Well, I mean, I've always been one, like I said, to realize, and you got to remember, we were in these towns once a week, okay? Right. And you're drawing money, and it to, you can't do that these days. You just can't. Right. Um, and we were drawing money. So uh, just when I felt like something was getting stale, I always tried to, you know, go to Randy or Jerry Jarrett or Lawler or whoever and be like, I think it's run its course. Let's do something different. And so that's kind of what it was, Cyberpunk. So it was just like, hey, we need to do something different. And then when the yeah. Cyberpunk thing ran out, I can't really remember how that ran out. I did a thing where I beat Lawler for the USWA title, and and then something where I had to unmask, and I unmasked, but I had another mask under it. Oh, Nothing yeah. that hadn't been before, but uh, just it worked, man. It worked. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope-ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. This is Steve Bowtie Bryant here. Back in the 90s, I was a pro wrestling photographer for the South, and I released what might have been one of the original sets of indie trading cards. I ran across some of these original sets. They were up in Randall Fanning's attic all this time. PG-13 rookie card, Ricky Morton, George Weingroff as the Sheep, Chris Champion, Reno Riggins, Billy Montana, Gary Valiant, the Scorpion, the Medic, Rick Reynolds, Jeff Daniels, Mephisto and Dante, Ben Jordan, Steve Neely, Marcus Woodrow, Clinton Charisma, Little Farmer John. If you'd like an opportunity to get these cards, contact me now. You can get them for only $49.99. Contact me at Steve Bowtie Bryant at iCloud.com. Get your set now while supplies last.
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's rewind just for a second. So basically, you worked Headbangers, you worked Doug and Tommy. You guys did awesome with those guys. Now there was a match on, it was April 26th of 96. You guys worked Doug, and it wasn't Tommy. It was Yoshi Kwan, which we know is Chris Champion at that time, in a town called Troy, Tennessee. Do you remember working Doug and Yoshi in that match or Chris I should say versus Doug and Tommy honestly have uh, (laughs) no idea of that I really I mean you know me Jimmy I've I've forgotten a lot of stuff and I really don't remember that match I wish I wish I did I'd love to talk about it but no I really don't remember that match well, it felt like Doug is like interchangeable with a thousand different partners. And I've worked on shows that I've seen him do that. So what would Tommy be doing usually at that time? Would he be working a singles match that night or would he be out working another show somewhere else? Or hard yeah, to tell? He was probably working somewhere else. I mean, if he wasn't in the match, with us, he was probably somewhere else. Okay, Absolutely. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. To hit back forward here, you know, you guys work in the Yoshi Kwan gimmick. That was such an interesting gimmick. I you know, not not going to work in today's times, you know. <laughs> I loved but, uh, man. Chris, Chris was, uh, man, he was such an innovator. The new breed, like I said, I was a mark for the new breed. And then I got to be friends with when I was a kid. And uh, actually, if you look on uh, some of the 8x10s, on my photos, Chris gave me one of his new breed jackets. And there's a couple of pictures where that was one of the first jackets, a vest, you know, it did have sleeves, so a vest, I'll call it. But it was yeah. a new breed vest. It's what he used to wear. He gave it to me. That's how much he liked me. And I used it. You know, that was one of the first things I wore to the ring uh, when PG-13 got their break in USWA. Well, I remember when Newbury, and we talked about this in the first episode, so if you want to listen a little more differently, go to go to episode one. If you haven't listened to that, where you been? But, okay, so I remember I was a Crockett kid, mid-Atlantic growing up, you know, WCW. Of course, I watched WWF, but people aren't listening for what I used to watch. But in Crockett, I remember when Newbreed showed up, and they really were a new breed, if you think about it. They looked better, you know, muscular-wise than... 90% of the wrestlers work in there. No disrespect to Ric Flair, Lex Luger, Sting, those guys. They look better. They work so differently. And then, you know, it was like this totally radical gimmick. And, and it kind of took what I would say the Rock and Roll Express fans and kind of made them think about, well, do we like the new breed maybe better? But anyway, long story short, I remember them going away and then just never coming back or they would come back sparingly. And then that was because Chris's accident, which of course I didn't know about at the time, where he uh, he almost lost his life in that accident. Am I correct on that, Wolfie? Yeah, and then also... uh Sean, I think his wife or something didn't want him to be in the business. And yeah, uh, I think that's what, uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what that was. And then Chris had some issues too, but whatever. Um, Sean, Sean's wife, I mean, because obviously, I mean, nobody heard of him after that. And it was something right. to do with his wife. She didn't want him being in the business. And Chris gotcha. had some going on, court cases. And I'm telling you, man, Chris Champion was a, a stand up dude. And I'll stand to that because I loved him <laughs> like a brother. Well, from knowing you, if you say that about somebody, that means a ton. So that can tell you what a good dude. I also know very respectful guys in the wrestling business in Nashville area that adore Chris and would do anything in the world for his memory. So I know so many guys that just want to keep his legacy alive. So the things about Chris I know are obviously secondhand, but he's an amazing guy. The one thing I know about Wolfie is he believes in the Jimi Hendrix method of a rolling stone gathers no moss and does not like to sit <laughs> idle and do things. So the idea that, you know, you don't want to let a gimmick get stale. You don't want a podcast to get stale. <laughs> you don't want any kind of gimmick to get stale. So the idea that this is coming to an end is kind of crazy. But you guys work May 22nd. 96. You guys lose the tag team titles to Jerry and Bill. Now, talk about Jerry and Bill as a tag team. I mean, did they need the belt? Was it just storyline? I mean, you know what I'm saying? I think the storyline, um, I mean, obviously the history with those two. Right. Um, and I don't, I don't remember the match. Uh, what I do remember is, okay, so we've, we've talked about the knife fight. Uh, where Bill pulls the knife on me, he gets fired. Uh, he right. comes back because they asked me, Lawler and Randy come to me and I go, Hey, let's do an angle with you and Bill. And I was cyberpunk fire at that time. And I don't remember where Jamie was. He just wasn't there. Right. And, uh, so they're like, Hey, let's do an angle and, and make it out of this shoot knife fight, which really happened. And I was like, Oh God. Okay. Um, maybe. <laughs> and so I don't remember what I talked to bill or, or whatever. They just, it's going to be okay. Right. So I said, all right, let's do it. Yeah. And so, uh, there's an, I mean, they can look it up on YouTube. There's an event where Bill's out there talking, lights go out and the, the voice thing comes on. And then the next thing you see when the lights come on is me beating the fuck out of Bill. Right. So I would say this, I think I've said it on a number of different, uh, episodes of our show. Uh, Bill came in it was on my blessing because I had to okay it. Uh, he worked his ass off, man. He did. He had he'd let me press slam him. Uh, it, we did barbed wire matches. We did all this kind of shit, and uh, he earned my respect and I earned his. And we've always been friends since because I hated him. I mean, obviously, if somebody pulls a knife on you, you're probably not gonna like him very much. So I kind of I kind of watched that, and we, like I said, he worked hard for me. I worked hard for him, and we drew money. And with that gimmick, uh, doing the shoot thing, you know, that actually happened or whatever. uh, And I've always had major respect for him. 
Oh, yeah, you got to respect Bill. You know, he and Jerry could not be more alike, yet more different. You know what I mean? And you know that more than anybody. But the idea of those two guys being a tag team, it's all—it's funny. It's almost like their wrestling career also works in real life for them, too, right? Because they're kind of on again, off again. They'll be friends, then they won't be friends. They'll get mad. Am I right about that, or was that more back in the day and not really that? Uh, Yeah, because you had, I mean, Bill booked the territory. Jerry Jarrett booked the territory. Lawler booked it. Dutch booked it. So they were all bookers, and, you know, yeah, there's going to be some shit like that. Well, okay, so... This is starting the ending of the cyberpunks here. It's kind of wrapping up. So I know we talked about, you know, it ran its course a little bit earlier. Was there consideration to keep it going or was it essentially just a two month gimmick run that you wanted to do this and, and loser leaves town? You, it told a story for PG 13. Is that essentially what this was? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it ran its course, and then we were like, okay, it's time for PG to come back. I mean, had you all, I mean, had you all received any offers as the cyberpunks, obviously you would have probably kept the cyberpunk getting going. Had someone came along yeah. and said, hey, yeah. or else. it was clearly a, a Memphis thing, but you know, it was it was PG thirteen under hoods to. Uh, keep an angle going. That's all it was. That's all it was. Let's say WCW came in and said, hey, we like this gimmick. You know, we would like to take you guys to WCW. I'm just making up a story here. Where could it have gone? Did you ever have any ideas of where it could have gone? Like, maybe maybe it could have worked with this, because I could see it working with a lot of tag teams, you know? Yeah. That was still in an age when, like, the the internet wasn't, you know, a thing. And so it, it just didn't happen that way. It was just something we wanted to do there because I felt like PG-13 had to run its course. And so we did that. Yeah. And then after that is when I said, you know, uh, we're too old for this gimmick. And that's when the slash thing came in. So right, it's just right. like, yeah. Oh, totally. And listen to episode 18, I'm by the way. Redeveloping, uh, redeveloping my shit. Oh, totally. You are you are not a guy to sit still long. And, and I appreciate that about you because you know what? It motivates me to keep it fresh. And we've got, you know, this is wrapping up our show. We've got a million things coming up. A thousand guests and ideas for upcoming shows. Really, you're going to get a blast in the face from Wolfie D and I'm happy to be a part of it. So just keep in mind, keep listening. We love y'all. Thank you so much. We have our pro wrestling tees. You can find that on our Facebook page or anywhere you see live and in color with Wolfie D on pro wrestling tees. You can search live and in color with Wolfie D. We have three amazing shirts on there. We always have the eight by tens, Just contact us, DM us directly. I will get you in touch with Wolfie or honestly go to the Wolfie D page. There is a Wolfie D fan page on Facebook that we need to blow up. It's brand new. He just created it. So that's Wolfie D on Facebook. It's always live and in color with Wolfie D on Facebook as well. We're always at live Wolfie D on Twitter and Instagram. I know I've said this a hundred times. Also, you know, we've got so many cool ideas coming up that, 
we just can't talk about right now. I almost spilled something, but I don't want to ruin anything. Just stay tuned is all I can say. Wolfie, do you have anything you'd like to wrap up with Cyberpunks before we go into your favorite current affair? Oh, I can't wait for current affairs. Uh, everybody go to uh wolfie d on facebook awesome thank you so much wolfie hang tight with us guys one more second dj hit the music it's a current affair it's a current affair love it in color it's a current affair All right, we're back, and today we've got some cool current affairs here, and I'm going to start it out with this one. I thought about maybe going with a different one, but I think this is the one. Our man, the star of the show, the Johnny Carson to my Ed McMahon, made the current affairs. Recently, Wolfie D made wrestling news with his comments on John Cena ripping PG-13's gimmick off, and this was reported by Sportskedia Wrestling, but soon after that... It was picked up by all the wrestling clickbait on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, everywhere. So, Wolfie, we've said it since episode two, maybe. John Cena's gimmick was clearly a PG-13 creation. Is there much to be said on this? I just wanted to make sure that people knew that you created current affairs. (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I hold strong to it. Um, I came up with the gimmick in 92, a uh, little white rapper, saggy pants. Then Chris Champion was the one that said, hey, y'all need to do this as a tag team. And that's where PG-13 came up. And, I mean, if, if you look at the photos, everything, John Cena, Too Cool, Public Enemy, all these other guys, it's a complete ripoff. I'm not knocking them because the company gave them the gimmick. But... Right. I was the first one to do it, and I came up with it. Yeah. So that's that's where I'm at. It's not me knocking them. It's just me saying, hey, this is my shit. Right. So let me put two and two together here. Here's the thing. John Cena was in a position where he was about to be fired by WWE. They were about to say, we can't find anything for it. John Cena clearly had the ability to spit some rhyme. Okay. So here's the thing. How many people in a move that, you know, could save your job? John Cena could have easily gone on YouTube, could have gone into old videos and say, hey, you know what? I've always enjoyed that PG-13. I remember working with Wolfie in OVW. I can totally take that gimmick and put it on me and make a Hulk Hogan type superstar with it. People are arguing that there was no way it was a direct ripoff. Here's the thing. It could have easily been a direct ripoff, and I can argue in a college thesis how he could have done it. Trust me on this. You don't want to argue with me about how it could have happened because there's a million different ways it could have happened. I will ask you this, Wolfie. Did you ever talk to Brian Christopher about it? Too cool. Did you ever say something to him about it? Uh, I always told Brian. I, I said, you ripped us off, man. <laughs> what what did he that. say? What did he say? Uh, uh, he, he, I mean, he just reacted 
like Brian does. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, okay. Speaking of Brian, this one kind of let me down here. Not that I care really about the guy, but so recently on another YouTube show, and I'll give them credit, the wrestling shoot interviews, they go by WSI. It popped up in my feed on YouTube. Recently retired Sabu said in an interview that Brian Christopher was an asshole when he met him in USWA and he was an asshole up to when he died. He also said that John Cronus was legitimately crazy in the head. Also said Kurt Angle was like Macho Man with his matches. He went over them all day until you wrestled. So maybe Kurt Angle did that with Sabu. Maybe John Cronus was crazy. But I really wanted to talk to you about that. Do you remember when Sabu was in USWA? I was with uh, Sabu in ECW. I never had really worked with him. And, I mean, he was gold. Uh, I, I watched him uh, one time almost drown in an inch of a pool. Wow. Cronus, what an athlete, man. What an athlete. Mm-hmm. God, he was good. God, he was good. He was so good. I loved working with him and Perry. Kurt Angle came into Power Pro. He worked with me night after night. Man, we had great matches. And then he... You know, recently couldn't remember who the fuck I was when I have a heart attack. Yeah, but I know. Fucking weird. But curse uh, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, he was one of the best. Also, to get it in such a short time, he was a Greco-Roman wrestler and then became a pro. Yeah. The story. I'm not telling anybody Absolutely. anything new here. You know, long yeah, story short, awesome. he got it. Yeah. Well, we're going to end the current affairs with this one right here. And I just want to, you know, put this out here. So I'm hearing more and more about legitimate rumors that Jeff Jarrett is starting up a new promotion with backer Conrad Thompson and possibly Eric Bischoff working the backstage. What are your thoughts on that? Can there be a Jeff Jarrett promotion in 2022 right now? Man, if Jeff can do anything, he'll do it. I promise. Yeah, yeah. So call Wolfie. He, you know, you need a trainer. You need a, a agent. You need a gimmick. So call Wolfie D. You know, I think that's the way to go with that. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, that's just crazy, man. I mean, Jeff has been a superstar in making things happen that don't necessarily happen. So, right. Well, you know, he can do it. And then Conrad's rich. And, and then, you know, the Eric Bischoff thing, I don't know. Maybe that guy can help. But the rumors are strong that Jeff is getting back in the business in that way for 2022. That's what I've heard. You know, we'll see how that goes. Well, that today is our current event. Honestly, that wraps up our show as well, gang. Once again, Pro Wrestling Tees, thank you again to Benji Bowie, our new sponsor, and all of the information is in the show notes. So, you know, Benji Bowie, thank you for coming on. Look for more sponsors in the near future. Can't thank you all enough for listening. Wolfie, do you have anything to say for the people as we end the show today? Absolutely. Just want to say thank you for everybody that is listening. Love you. Thank you. Keep it live and in color. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. 
the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Chic Jared are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise, this team does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling! Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com. That's right, it's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah! This is your rock star ring announcer, Aaron Camaro. I'm a man who believes the two greatest art forms ever created are professional wrestling and heavy rock music. So when I'm not hosting the best parties that also happen to be live professional wrestling shows, I'm hosting the Decibel Geek Podcast. Decibel Geek is a weekly podcast that features discussions of all things rock. We're talking the Beatles, the Stones, Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, Black Sabbath, Kiss, Ozzy, Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses, Metallica, Alice in Chains, Pantera, and everything in between. Plus, we'll turn you on to new bands from today that have the same spirit and style that the legends do. Decibel Geek is hosted by myself along with Rockin' Pod founder Chris Sinzak and each week you'll get interviews with famous musicians and industry insiders along with informative, entertaining, humorous and insightful discussions and most importantly a passion for the music. So if you love to rock out as much as I do then this is your invitation to the greatest rock and roll party in all of podcasting. It's Decibel Geek, and it's available right now on all major podcast platforms. Oh, yeah. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way 
way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate First of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more, is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon. And our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cap for you don't. He got a cap for you don't. I got a cap for you don't. He got a cap for you don't. He got a cap for you And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still loving it, color. Don't rush your mother. Utilize a hubcap. I'm like any other. Back in the day, I was NOD, and I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Tired of suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping wrestling's first white boy coming out hip-hop Been doing it like this since 92 Played low for a while when you thought I was through Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected Mad skills, no faking, there is no one great Cause I'm bringing more folks from over one for later Not here to play games, so you better beware You don't like me, so what? I really don't care Like time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped You suck a step to the side unless you want to get dropped When I finish, I'll straight knock you out Please allow me to tell you what it's all about Gonna wind it up and I'm driving it home, it's Wolfie D, baby. Huh? I got a cap for your dome. I got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.